Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Matthew, the 8th chapter, in the 26th verse, and it says this, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was swamped by the waves. Look at this, y'all. He, meaning Jesus, but he was asleep. <laughs> and 25 says, and they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord. We are perishing. And he said to them, why are you so afraid, O ye of little faith? Then he rose, rebuked the winds, the sea. That's going to mean something a little later. Tell somebody, he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was great calm. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. I want to use for a thought this morning for the next couple of minutes. Strategies for the storm. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. neighbor. I don't care what storm you're in. Storm you're in. There, is there is a strategy for your storm. You may be seated. Strategies for the storm. As I said earlier, Jesus was the ultimate manager. He was the ultimate strategic. Je Jesus knew where to be at what time. Jesus one time said, I have need to go through Samaria. Samaria, Samaria was out of the way. D they went out of the way, but Jesus knew through the strategy that he would meet a woman who would be at the well. And he knew that I can't stay here, but if I influence and affect, that woman at the well, she'll go all over the town and she will evangelize the city just from one encounter to me, with me. Somebody say strategic. Jesus was so strategic that when he had preached a sermon to a multitude of over 5,000 men, women, and children, he was finished preaching. And, and, and normally when Jesus finished preaching, people, people go along their way. But Jesus was so strategic, he told his disciples that, you know what? I, I don't want these people to go yet. I want to feed them. I want to feed them. They said, Jesus, what are you talking about? Why do you want to feed these people you've already preached? We don't have enough food. We, we don't have enough to feed all these people. He said, still feed them. Because he knew that when he performed that miracle to those 5,000 women, men, and children, which was probably about 15 to 20,000 people, because back in those days, they only paid attention and counted the men. And Jesus knew that when I perform this miracle and break this, this fish and these five loaves and give it to them, my fame is going to be scattered throughout the nation. Jesus was strategic. Can I tell you? If we're supposed to be, if we're supposed to be Christians, how many Christians in this place? If we follow out the example of Jesus Christ, we too should have strategies. 
We shouldn't wake up anyway. You bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. No, 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 no. With some specificity, God, this is my mission for today. And so therefore, I need you to grace me to do this. I need your anointing to do this because I am in the army and no soldier leaves, leaves, leave the barracks in the morning without his assignment for the day. Somebody say strategy. And so in this particular situation, Jesus was in a boat and they were on their way somewhere. And the word of God says that a great storm, a great tempest came out of nowhere. And but meanwhile, Jesus knows everything. And where was Jesus at? Sleep. Have you ever felt you had a storm in your life and you felt like God was just asleep? God, where are you? Where are you? Don't you see this happening to me? I thought you said you know everything. I thought you said, uh, you know, I'm the head and not the tail. Why am I going through this? Have you ever prayed and you, and, and you didn't hear nothing back from God? Say, God, are you asleep? Are you listening? Are you even paying attention to me? Let me tell you something. Just because God is silent does not mean God does not know what, what's going on. And just because God is not speaking, just, so it, just, just because God seems like he's inactive at the moment, it does not mean that he has forgotten about you. God knows what's going on. He's asleep. He's not dead. He's just asleep. Jesus is in the bottom of that boat. And there are a couple things that I just want, just there are three principles that I want to share with you. The strategies of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all have ever had storms in your life? <laughs> Somebody said, mm-hmm. Somebody about to throw feet up. Hands in, so I ain't got enough limbs to throw through some storms. But let me tell you something. Storms are inevitable. The question is, how are you going to respond when they come? And if we are Christians, if we are imitators of Jesus Christ, it behooves us to learn how Jesus handled a storm. He didn't, he didn't run, he didn't run and say, uh, uh, he didn't run to tell, his, tell his, his best friend. He didn't get a word. Jesus was in the bottom of a boat. Sleep. Look at this. The first principle that we want to we talk about and learn today while everybody else was, was frantic, Jesus was resting. Somebody say rest. rest. Somebody say rest again. Rest. That is a principle and a discipline that we as people of God need to learn. We need to learn to rest. I didn't say be lazy. I didn't say wait for, wait for God to come through and do, what, do, do something for you that you can do for, do for yourself. But we can be active. We can be, we can be proactive. We can be pursuing of God's will and be in a state of rest. Somebody say rest. Yes. Jesus did. Uh, 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 Philippians 4 says this, right, y'all? Here, here, right here. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Somebody say rest. Yes. But in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. How many know that Jesus was a man of prayer? And God is saying the reason that Jesus was able to rest because he had already talked to the Father about it. 
of us are in storms and we go talk to everybody else. I can't believe what they're doing on that job. I can't believe what they're doing. It seemed like they would do this. It seemed like they do this. Can you see the you see the way they spoke to me? I can't believe they treating the people like that. When have you talked to God about the situation? I would dare say the anxiety that you are expressing is because you have not taken it to God. The word of God says right here, he said, don't be anxious for anything. That's good to say. That's easier said than done. But how am I going to do it? it, 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 It's more than just saying, well, I'm not going to worry about that. Because, you know, we'll say stuff to throw people off. But deep down in our heart, we worried about it. We got to keep a we got to keep a good face for people. But God said the true way to fight against our anxiety is not taking a pill. It's not it's not it's not meditation. It's not doing some 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 yoga. No no all of that stuff may help. But God said the only true way that you're gonna fight against anxiety. And how many know that the, that the world is full of stuff that that can make us anxious? There's a bill due by this day. There's a deadline at work by this day. The kids need money for this field trip. There tell, tell somebody there are plenty of things there are pressuring us in, in, in this world and society these things make it so everybody can contact us at any time you can't turn it off there is something always uh, ringing and belling and buzzing is everything that's always pulling at us and don't you know do, do you know that, that in today's society people are being prescribed more anxiety medicine than any other class of drug because men's hearts are about to fail them because they're anxious but the word of God says to be anxious for nothing. But see, God is such a good God that he won't just tell you to do a thing. He will tell you how to do a thing. How did he say it? He said, don't be anxious. But instead of being anxious, run everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, let me break this down. Some of us are praying people, but we're not thankful people. We know how to break the glass in case of emergency and pray, but we haven't thanked him for he, what he's already done. We haven't thanked him and said, God, if you don't do it, you're still God anyway. And so I bless you because you are a God of mercy. You are a God of fidelity. And if you don't do it, it must mean that it wasn't for me. See, God gave the prescription. It is prayer and supplication. Supplication is like, is like making an organized petition to God. Many of us are praying to God, but we ain't praying with no specificity. God is so specific, he's got the, the, the hairs on your head numbered. Nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody else has your eye signature. And, and if, if we know a God, if we, are, if we are akin to a God that is that specific, how dare we come to him with some, well, God, you know, whatever you need me to do, whatever you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And just bless those I'm duty bound to pray for. No, God said, you need to come with me with a petition. You need to come with with, with specifics. Say, God, I need this. God already know it, but God wants you to articulate your faith and his fidelity to do it. See, see, the only way we are saved is that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouths. And there are some things, God, God said, you have not because you have not made proper petition to me. And there are certain things that we have to come to God in faith and fidelity and specificity. God, I need you to do this. I need you to fix this. Don't fix it on my job, but God, I need you to fix this situation. I don't need you just to fix my husband or my wife. God, I need them to have a spirit of peace. I need you to take that root of bitterness.
man that's out of them that is causing them to be abusive to me and my family. Somebody say be specific. But God doesn't want us to be anxious. Let me tell you what anxiety is for those note takers. Anxiety is the, is the inability of your emotions to comprehend what your spirit already knows. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is the in, inability of the emotions to comprehend what your spirit already knows. By that I mean that your spirit, your spirit that, that is saved to God already knows that he can do anything. Your spirit already knows that he's never left you nor forsaken. That your spirit already knows that, you, that you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken but a seed beg for bread. But we trust our outer senses. We look at the level of, we look at the amount of money in the bank account. We look at, we look at the doctor's report. We look at the enemy surrounding us. We look at what we don't have and we trust what our senses pick up more than we, what we know our, that our spirit spirit knows and God said whenever you're anxious it's because you're trusting in your outer senses rather than what your spirit knows your spirit knows tell, tell somebody your spirit knows but which one are you feeding which one are you feeding the Bible says if, if you sow into the flesh you're going to reap corruption of the flesh but if you sow into the spirit and many of the reasons we are in the situations, it's not, it's not that we cause the storm, but when the storm comes, we don't have any anchor in our spirits. And when the, spirit, and when the storm comes, that is not, that, it, it, it's, it's good, it's good to pursue God during those times, but you, you need to already know God. You need to already be pursuing God before the storm comes. We're in the middle of hurricane season. And when they, when they say that the hurricane is seven days away, people buying water. People buying wood and boarding up houses. People getting sandbags and fill them. They don't wait until there's a category four that's 10 miles away. They do it before the wind starts blowing. And what we need to do, people of God, before the storm hits, we need to get an anchor. We need to get an anchor in our spirit. We need to have dialogue and communication with God. So when the storm comes, God's going to say, who is that? I never heard that voice before. Who is that? See, see, you, see that, you have to understand, all the women in this room, if, if I had all y'all to say the same phrase in this room at the same time, I would be able to delineate and decipher my wife's voice out of all of y'all. Reason, because I've known that young lady since I was 18 years old. We've had countless, countless hours of conversation. I know her intimately, and so as a result, I know her above every voice. As a result of the time that I've spent with her. The same way it is. How many know there are many voices out in the spirit? There are many voices out there. Even your own opinion. Sometimes it ain't even the devil trying to tell you wrong. Sometimes it's our crazy self with our, with our crazy ideas and concepts. And, and God said, he said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger and a strange voice he will not follow. The question is, are you truly his sheep? Well, I shook the pastor's hand and I accepted him, but are you his sheep though? Do you follow him? Do you let the shepherd feed you on a daily basis? Do you let him correct you if you need it? Ask somebody, are you his sheep? Hebrews 4 and 11 says this. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. 
lest a man fall after the same example of unbelief. Resting is not easy. Let me tell you from a person, I'm high strung and I'm always thinking and I got to turn my mind off and so I can sleep good. Resting is work for me. Is there anybody like that in this place? You're so high strung and you think about what you got to do tomorrow and do next week? God said you have to labor to rest. It's not natural. That means you're going to you, you're gonna have to be intentional and you're going to have to be purposeful to make sure that you stay in a place of rest and you got to have the discipline of resting you got to why do i say as a discipline because when the wind gets blowing especially if you're type a like me oh i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna do this i'm gonna call this person i'm gonna do this because i'm gonna make it god said no you gotta it takes discipline to rest when there was chaos ensuing all around you so we need to not only pray to God and say, God, give me discipline to rest. Because how many of you know when we're not resting and we're being frantic, we're, we're so busy trying to fix something, we're messing things up. We're reaching over here and we're calling this and we're trying to fix that. God said, you're making a mess out of it. I need you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That doesn't mean do nothing. See, we, we, we confuse waiting on God with doing nothing. While I'm waiting, I'm declaring while I'm waiting, I'm preparing for when the end result comes. While I'm waiting, I am preparing myself for the storm. Anybody get anything out of this today? The second thing is that a storm has a purpose. There is purpose in your storm. If we, if we believe that God says, I order steps, if we believe that he leads us through the paths of righteousness, he leads us in the greens pastures, yea, do we walk through the valley of shadow of death, we won't fear no evil because he's with us. How many know that he leads us? Then we have to know that if he leads us to a place of storming, that there is purpose for that storm. How could Jesus be sleeping when everybody else was frantic? Because he knew it was coming, but he knew there was purpose in it. You know what that storm did? The storm exposed their lack of faith. You got Jesus in the boat with you. Y'all, I mean, y'all, we, we got the privilege of being able to see it in the background. But you understand they got Jesus on the boat who had performed many, many miracles already? It's like, like, they, like don't you care that we perish? They're like, Jesus, we're perishing up here. And Jesus said, this storm came to expose your lack of belief. So, uh, storms are pressure testers. Storms are, 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 are strength testers. I remember Mike Tyson said, everybody believe they can fight till they get hit in the mouth. Everybody believe you're a champion. Everybody believe you can take on until you get hit in the mouth. It's not until the nitty gritty happens. You can say you know something all the time. Oh, I've studied for this. I went to school and I know I, I know I know all I know all the requisite things to do. And, and, and you know, we can even be arrogant sometimes. Why don't you just trust in God? Aren't you say, don't you say you say you're the kid? You know, we can be arrogant with the scripture, but wait until trouble comes to your doorstep. You don't know what you got until it's put to the test. Storms will expose you. Pressure will bust a pipe. But God said, I let storms come so that you can see what's in you. There, there, there is no promotion without testing. 
You don't get you don't get to go to a new level and we say, oh God, I thank you, Lord. You're gonna make me the head and not the tail. I thank you, Lord, you're gonna put me in front of great people that you're gonna give me stage and influence. Oh, really? That means that 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 the, the level of God that God is gonna take you, that means the level He's gotta take you down. I don't care the, the, the tallest building in this city or any city or any city. The reason that they can build up as high as they can is because they 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 equally went down into the ground to support it. What am I saying? I'm saying that God allows storms to show us where we are. But he also sends storms to elevate us. That if you can outlast it, if you can, if, if, if you can, if you can endure the hardship, if you can endure the wind, if you can endure the waves, instead of asking God, why me? God is saying, why not you? Because I'm trying to give you strategies to endure this storm. But Jesus was so wise, he knew, he, he, he discerned the purpose of the storm. I want to give you a tidbit so that you know how to outlast the storm. Anybody want to outlast the storm? Storm don't last. Sometimes, sometimes they can just be quick but strong. But the question is, can you outlast it? Is your infrastructure built so that you can withstand the wind? See, we don't have to do that much here, but down in Florida and down in the Caribbean, they don't build stuff out of, you know, out, out, of, out, of, out of wood, and they don't do a bunch of stick built. They'll, they'll build cement homes that can withstand. The question is, are you built to withstand the storm? You're gonna, you're gonna have one, but the question is, are you built to withstand it? Amen? And so God is saying he needs us to have discernment to the purpose of the storm. If you know the purpose of the storm, then you will know how to respond to it. This ain't going to make nobody shout today, but if y'all put this to practice, you will have victory in every area of your life. God said, okay, it's a storm. I can't stop it, God. Now, God, show me the purpose of this storm. Is it to build my faith? Is it to dispose some things in me or around me? Is it to blow some things out? Because how many of those storms will take some things out? <laughs> you you, you want to know who's with you? Go through a storm. You, 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 you want to know who's on your side? You want to know who's ride or die? Go through a storm and let it last longer than a week. be like Joe's friend. Now wait a minute Joe, we prayed and we know God hear our prayers so you must have done something wrong. God will expose who's with you and who's against you. So you need to thank God for your storm. Tell somebody, I thank God for my storm. The last thing that Jesus did Jesus when he stood up, they woke him up. He stood up and he took authority over the stone. He rested in it. He wasn't worried about it. He identified the purpose of the stone. He rebuked them. Like the only reason you can't you you you're, you're frantic and you can't handle this storm is because your lack of faith. You thought you had it till the wind stopped blowing. 
when the storms came, you forgot all that you know. You forgot all that you've seen. And you began to doubt that even while I'm on the boat, that the devil was going to take you out. But he took authority. Can I tell you? That's all God is telling you to do. Once you know the purpose of the thing, you can make it work for you. But you got to take authority over it. Tell somebody, you got to take authority over that storm. You got to take it and say, look, storm, I'm not in denial. It's a storm. I'm not in denial. You got destructive tendencies. I respect your ability to tear up the things in my life. But I know your purpose. And when I know the purpose of a thing, I can use it to my advantage. And, and what Jesus did, look, look what Jesus did in the scripture right here. Then Jesus rose and rebuked. He didn't rebuke the storm. He didn't rebuke the storm, y'all. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Y'all see, you can't read about it, you gotta read about it. He didn't rebuke the storm. Because the storm was, amalga, was an amalgamation of the waves and the winds together, acting out of character. So, what he said is, he says, winds calm down, waves cease from being choppy. They returned to their normal state, and guess what? They were on boats. And the only way they were going to get there is with wind and on the water. So you don't necessarily need God to stop the wind. You don't need him to necessarily stop the waves because they were in a boat. They needed the waves to get there. They didn't have a carnival cruise ship with an engine. They needed the wind to get there. And can I tell you that when you take authority over the wind and the waves, God said, not only am I giving you authority to make it calm and cease, God said, I'm giving you authority of the wind that came to kill you. I'm going to give you authority to make it work for you. But you got to take authority. Somebody stand to your feet. I'm finished. God said, I've got strategies for your storm. God said, that thing that you thought was coming to kill you, God said, if you just realize that there is purpose in this thing, that there is purpose in this thing, and so therefore, I'm not going to get crazy, I'm not going to get frantic, I'm not going to, see, some people will kill themselves running around trying to get saved. God said, if you stand flat-footed and say, wait a minute, I've got Jesus on board. And so I cannot perish as long as I've got Jesus on board. And so I've got to stand, I've got to stand in myself. I've got to get my bearings and realize that God, this didn't come to kill me, but it came to get me in the direction. Now the wind is blowing too hard right now. The waves are dashing too hard. I can't make progress. So what I'm going to use, I'm going to use my God-given authority to take control of the wind. Take control of the wave. Say, now you behave and get me to my destination. Can I tell you the storm wasn't sent to destroy you. It was sent to push you further to your destiny. 
but you got to rest in it. Tell somebody, tell them rest in it. You got to rest in it. You got to rest in what you know. You got to rest in what you know. The, what you got to know is this thing cannot, this thing can't touch me unless God gives it permission. And if God gives it permission, whatever it destroys, whatever it gets rid of, whatever it, whatever it blows away, it meant that God didn't mean for it to stay. Sometimes the wind blows things in, and sometimes the wind blows things out. But I want to encourage you today to thank God for your storm. I know it sounds crazy, but you say, God, when I look, God, just give me a couple years, give me a couple of months. You're gonna be like Paul. It was a good thing. When I look over my shoulder, it was a good thing that I was afflicted. It was a good thing that I was in that storm. It was a good thing that they lied about me. It was a good thing that they turned about because if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't know you the way that I know you. We want God to use us, but we don't want to go through a storm. But as for me and my house, God, you have built me on a rock, on a firm foundation, and I will not be moved. God is saying, if you build yourself to withstand the storm, God said, I'll give you a strategy. I'll give you a prayer plan. I'll send people in your life. I will give you favor with people that you don't even know. And they're all designed to help you get through the storm. You know, when the hurricanes come in, there are some people that just refuse to leave. Say this storm ain't gonna chase me away. This is my house. This is my property. And I'm not gonna let a little wind chase me off my blessing. You got to have, you got to have a bulldog, bulldog mentality. Now, I don't care what comes, this is my assignment, this is my family, this is my wife, these are my children, and storm, you can blow all you want to, but you won't chase me from my place. You won't scare me. I don't care what the doctor's report says. God says that I should live and not die. Well, long life, he's going to satisfy you. I don't care what the storm is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how bad. I don't care how much torrential rain is blowing in sideways. You just stand fast. Be unmovable. Always abounding. In the work of the Lord. Hold hands with that storm lasting. Tell somebody you can outlast the storm. Come on, encourage somebody. Encourage somebody. Tell them you can outlast that storm. You can outlast it. You're built to outlast it. God put some things in you. God put things in you. You can outlast that storm. That storm didn't come to destroy you. It came to bless you. It came to show you. It came to, it came to prove in you what you're made of. And I'm telling you today that if you can outlast the storm, there's promotion on the other side of that storm. Do you know that every time after a storm passes, you ever notice how peaceful it is? The birds are barely chirping. The wind is blowing easy. It's cool and it's refreshing. God is saying today, God said, I'm sending a refreshing to my people. Come on, come on, come on. Let that hand go and begin to worship the Lord for just for a second. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're sending a refreshing 
to your people. God, you are building us up to outlast the storm. We don't care if it's storm of finance, storm of sickness, storm of strife. God, you have put the requisite things in us. You have fortified and built us up for this moment of the storm. Thank you, Lord, for giving us strategies that we will rest in you. It may take some work for some more than others, but we will rest in the finished work. For the answer for the storm you provided before the world was even framed. So we are resting in the finished work. We will be anxious for nothing. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a hunger to pray and be in your faith. We bind up anxiety, we bind up worry, we bind up frustration. And we command your soul to yearn to be in his presence through the vehicle of prayer. We will be just like Jesus. We won't be moved, God. But we will seek you all the more. We thank you, Lord, for the storm. We're mature enough. Now we see that all we got to do is speak to the waves and speak to the wind. And the thing that came together to try to kill and destroy us you're going to use it to get us to our destination God we thank you now hold hands with that neighbor can you pray for 30 seconds come on they need to know that a brother and a sister is beside them and is praying that they outlast the storm come on come on pray for them Son Jesus. Lord, let us walk 
in the authority and the authorization of your name. That when we use your name, demons flee and tremble. That when we use your name in confidence, that even storms have to cease. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this encourages the heart of our brothers and sisters. And we thank you, Lord, that we've got some storm outlasters in this room. Lord, you've done it before. We thank you, Lord, for breathing the breath of energy and life into us to outlast this current storm that you're sending us through. We are the manager, God. We can outlast it if we manage it. If we manage our emotions, God. We can outlast it if we lean and depend on you as our source and our strength. God, we thank you that this is just the beginning of our lives, God. That you're going to revel. Now that we see the storm as a net benefit, uh, benefit for us, God. We thank you, Lord, that our promotion is coming after this. That household salvation is coming after this storm. That healed bodies are coming after this storm. That new levels of efficiency and influence is coming after this storm. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, hug somebody and tell them you can outlast that storm. Come on, hug somebody else and tell them you can outlast it. You got it. Tell them you got the right stuff. You can outlast that storm. Anybody believe the word of the Lord today? Come on, put your hands together and thank God. Come on, anybody that got some strategies for the storm, come on and give them glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.